the Jalen Walker shooting. My name is Jay. This is the No Spoon Podcast. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the No Spoon Podcast. Like I said, I'm trying to get these out daily. Um, I had a little technical difficulties yesterday, which is the reason why I didn't um, wasn't able to get this out. But we're going to try again and hopefully get this out there to you. If you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this at, please subscribe, like, share, leave a comment, um, leave a rating, preferably a five-star rating or whatever kind of rating system they have, whatever platform you listen to this on. Um, I greatly appreciate it. We need to kind of like skew the algorithms so that we can get this shared more. Um, you know, like I said before, one of the things that you're going to get here on the No Spoon Podcast more than any other place is the nuances. You know, you're going to hear the same talking points on every other podcast. You're going to hear the same thing, whether it's right, left, conservative, liberal, liberal whatever it is. You're going to hear the same things. But the thing I pride myself is is, is trying to look beyond the narratives and try to give you the nuances where I believe that the truth lies. So with that being said, um, if we're going to get the truth out there, I'm going to need your help and we're all going to need your help and everybody's going to need to do their part. And some people's part is just to be behind a microphone and talk like I'm doing. And other people's part is just to share it and get it to as many people as possible. And, um, you know, uh, if you've been consistently listening, I, I greatly appreciate it. I'm going to try to do more stuff, obviously, like I've said, but, you know, here we are today talking again um, about issues, about real issues, about things that that really matter. You know what I mean? Not these fake narratives that a lot of these grifters try to put out there in order to extract money and donations and, um, you know, favors from their favorite politicians and entertainers and whatnot. We're not we're not doing that. We're, we're this is this is independent media. This is like really. You know, like this is like guerrilla marketing. You know, I'm just setting up right here with a microphone and my phone and just um, trying to give you the best of what I got and give you a perspective that maybe you're not hearing from the big, you know, corporate media or even some of the other independent media that I feel is just like regurgitating the same information over and over again. So today we're going to try to, uh, we're looking at this particular situation that occurred um, last week. And we're going to give it kind of a different perspective. I have a different life experience than a lot of other people. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm not a career journalist. I didn't go to school for this. I didn't, um, you know, although I write, uh, you can catch a lot of my writings on, or all my writings on SchoonTV.com. If you haven't gone over there and subscribed, do so. Um, it's only, I think, four ninety nine a month. And then for the presidential package, it's like nine ninety nine a month. And you get a lot of great uh, information. A lot of great uh, independent stuff that's not being controlled by the corporate media. But I didn't go to school for journal journalism. You know, this isn't. I'm not in communications. I didn't even. I didn't go to college. You know what I mean? Um, I I took a different route, and that's kind of where my perspective comes from. That I think is a little different than everybody else's. And you know, I didn't go through the the halls of Harvard and Yale and Princeton. And I you know, I'm not a Freemason or a boule or any of those, you know, um, fraternity member or anything like that, man. I'm just here. You know what I mean? I'm just regular. You know, I, I, I'd have, I've made some mistakes in my life. I've done some things that I'm not particularly proud of, but at the end of the day, it, it's, it's helped me to grow and become the person I am and, and be able to share some of these insights that maybe the average person doesn't really, um, 
isn't really able to get into or really be able to expound upon because they didn't really live a lot of this stuff. And you're going to see that from this from this breakdown right now. You know, you got a lot of people that talk and they and they give their insights and they they give their opinions. But none of these people have actually been in situations even remotely close to this. You know what I mean? I mean, even on on the on the right of things and even on the, you know, the pro two a the pro two a side of things, most of the people have only shot at paper targets their whole life. You know what I mean? And then they can sit here and tell you how people should react when their life is on the line, you know, but I'm gonna give you a different perspective because I've been there and I've been, I've been around a lot of people that, you know, the normal people don't get to be around. I've been around cops. I've been around criminals. I spent a lot of time. Most of you know, I spent 15 years incarcerated. So I've been around cops. I've been around criminals. You know what I mean? I I know how to, I know how both operate. I know how both try to get over. And I know how to get over on both. You know, it's really that simple. Like, you know, that's the perspective I'm coming from. You know, you can go listen to, you know, some of these other some of these other pundits and they sitting there talking about something that they read in a textbook or they learned about on, on YouTube or something like that. But, you know, how authentic is that? You know what I'm saying? Like these people are reading out of textbooks and think that they know the answers. Life don't work. Life doesn't happen in textbooks, people. Life don't happen on YouTube and life don't happen on Instagram. Life happens in real life when people are, are right in front of each other and they account, encounter real life situations and have to make real decisions. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these, a lot of these pundits, a lot of these media personalities, a lot of these athletes and entertainers, and a lot of these politicians, they couldn't tell you nothing about what goes on in, in the real world. You know what I'm saying? They don't they can't tell you nothing about what goes on in the real in the real streets and real things that's that's happening in real time. You know? They read about it, they talk about it, they live their life through hip hop, you know what I'm saying, and all the fake narratives that, that, that go on through there. These people don't know what they're talking about, man. They don't. And I'm not trying to sit here and say that I'm better than any of these people because I'm not. But, I mean, you want to go get the same thing over and over, you can go listen to Officer Tatum. And he could tell you something about some pro-police type stuff. But, you know, he's not giving you the whole the whole perspective because at the end of the day, he's not even an officer no more. And I'm not trying to, like, knock him or nothing like that. But I'm just saying, like, you got you to gotta, you gotta take into consideration where you're getting your information. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're getting information from people that don't have no experience in a lot of these things that they don't understand, you know, they haven't really, they haven't really looked into, to, to the nuances of, of a lot of these situations to be able to really speak on it accurately. So, you know, if you want, if you want something different, if you want, if you want the real and you want the truth and you want something from a perspective of somebody that can actually tell you by experience how things go, you know, subscribe to this, like, share it, you know, keep listening Keep listening and keep and, and and keep supporting, because I'll keep putting it out there. And I don't care if I get one viewer or a million viewers. You know, I'm gonna speak mine. And 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 at the end of the day, um, I know that I'm, I'm that the things that I'm saying today, especially today, because this is the issue that 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 really bothers me. Um, it really bothers me because I think it's unnecessary, and I think that if people had a different mindset. Uh, going into this and we stop listening to the grifters and their and their forced narratives that all it does is compel people to give them money that people would be alive you know what i mean so just listen sit back and i'm gonna break this down for you and tell you you know kind of my thoughts on on this and some of these things are going to be uncomfortable 
You know what I mean? Some of these things you're going to hear, you're going to be like, oh, man, why are you say like, what's he, what's he trying to say? You know, take it, take from it what you want. But I'm going to tell you, like, my objective is to ask the questions that need to be asked, not the questions that is going to get me views or get me paid. I'm going to ask the questions that need to be asked. I'm going to talk about the things that we need to talk about so that we can stop tragedies like this. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not interested. I don't I don't have a, I don't have a um a nonprofit organization. I don't have any place for you to come and 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 I'm going to, you know, give me some money like I'm Black Lives Matter and I got to, you know, buy three or four mansions in order to heal, quote unquote. Um, I don't really care about none of that. Like, that's that, come on, man. Like, serious? Heal? What you got to heal from? You know what I mean? Like, what you got to heal from, man? Stop playing. Don't let me get started on that. But I mean, it, it, it all this goes hand in hand because at the end of the day, they extracted money and resources based on narratives that fit their agenda, not on the truth and not on narratives that are actually going to get people's lives saved, that put people in a more position of power. So with that being said, I'm going to read just a little bit of the facts of the, of the case. Um, we all know that um, not this past Monday, which was 4th of July, but the Monday before that, Jalen Walker was a 25-year-old man from Akron, Ohio. He was um, he was killed by police after a traffic stop. Now I'm going to read this from, this is from CNN, one of the most trusted news sources in the business, right? So can't you can't say that I don't cite them. I do. I cite the fake news, even though we know that they push a lot of fake narratives and everything like that, but just to... Uh, Appease people. We're talking from all different sides because I think narratives happens on all sides. So um, here's what we say. Um, Jalen Walker was killed in a burst of gunfire following a vehicle pursuit and foot chase that started when an officer tried to stop him for traffic and equipment violations. Walker fled the stop and officers gave chase. About 40 seconds after the start of the pursuit, a sound consistent with a gunshot can be heard in body camera footage. And the officer told dispatch that a gunshot had been fired from Walker's vehicle. Police also showed still images taken from traffic cameras that showed a flash of light, perhaps a muzzle flash, along the driver's side of the car. After several minutes, Walker's vehicle slowed and he exited the vehicle and ran. Several police officers got out of their patrol cars and chased him. Officers deployed tasers in effort to stop him, but were unsuccessful. Moments later, police said Walker stopped and quickly turned towards the pursuing officers. Officers believe Walker was reaching towards his waist and they felt that Mr. Walker, Walker had turned and was motioning and moving into a firing position. Officers opened fire, killing him. Now, the the reports that we're getting from the media is that he was shot 90 times, that 90 shots were fired, and that 60 of them hit him. That really hasn't been substantiated. Um, what What they do know from the medical examiner is that he had at least 60 wounds as a result of the gunfire. Those 60 wounds is not, you know, we can't definitively say that those 60 wounds were from gunshots. So let, let's be clear about this, right? Although they have said that it wouldn't be surprising if 90 shots were fired and if he was shot 60 times. So that we're not ruling that out there. Um, but... We can't say that it was 60 shots that he was hit with because those could be entry and exit wounds. So that, for example, one shot 
can produce two wounds, an entry wound and an exit wound, right? Now, it's highly unlikely that all 60 of them were, you know, entry and exit wounds. But we, but for the sake of being factual, right, we can only say for sure that there were 30 shots. And I'm pretty sure it's going to come out later that there was more than that because, like I said, it's it's just not, it's not, you know, it's not feasible that, that all, you know, 30 were entry than exit. Like, you know, maybe, maybe half of those were, I don't know. I don't, I'm just speculating here, but based on what we know by the, by the medical examiner's report saying that he was wounded 60 times and there were 60 wounds on him, we can say definitively that there was at least 30 shots that he was hit with. So, you know, with that being said, obviously that's the first thing that pops out. Like when you say, oh, the police shot 90 times, right? Well, there was about eight officers, I believe, that were pursuing him. Seven of them were white. One was black. Jalen was black. We already know this, right? So, I mean, that matters because of, you know, the context. Context matters. White officers, um, young black man being pulled over, flees, runs, gets shot, Um so we already know that whole narrative that's been played out over and over and over again is in, is is relevant to what we're talking about. So there were about eight officers. Uh, we don't know how many what how many how many shots each officer fired. You know what I mean? If we if we just say that there was ninety, and we, let's go with that number, just because it's on the um, it's on the high end. So let's just say ninety. Ninety shots from eight officers is roughly about 11 shots per officer. Maybe a couple had 12. We don't know. You know what I mean? There could have been there could have been an officer that didn't fire. You know, and after they run the ballistics and all that and they do the investigation, they'll be able to tell, you know, um def- definitively how many each officer shot. But if we just do the numbers and we just average, we're going to say that's around 11, 12 shots per officer. Right? Excessive yeah, I mean, obviously that sounds excessive. That sounds crazy. But I mean, here's how I look at that. And 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 there's one thing that I I give to uh, my good brother Kevin Dixie over at the Real NOC. No other choice. Who's a firearm trainer? Um, he did a live about this, you know, right after it happened. And you know, he had made up a good point. He said, you know, as a civilian, if somebody were to break into your home or threaten your life, and you let off that many shots, it's going to be hard to. Um, defend against in court you know what I mean they would look at that and say that was kind of overkill like it, the way self-defense work like you're supposed to neutralize the threat now what that means and how that actually plays out in real life are two different things like the law can sit here and say you know technically you're not supposed to aim to kill now I disagree with that wholeheartedly right because one thing you got to understand is that when you're in that type of situation 11 shots goes really fast. It really does. Like, it goes fast. Like, I'm telling you, if you were in a situation where you felt like somebody was going to kill you and you had a gun and you shot 11 times, you're going to be wishing you had shot number 12, 13, and so on. Trust me. (laughs) Trust me on that. Like, you, 11 shots is going to go very, very fast, right? If you're breaking into my house or you're threatening my life or my family's life, um, yeah, you're going to get it all. I don't care. Like, 
to me, there's a difference. And if you watch the video, all the cops, they, they shoot and then it's done. And it happens maybe in like seven, eight seconds that it's over with, right? So to me, there's a difference of if I let off five shots, you hit the ground, there's 10 seconds in between, and then I walk and I walk up to you and I shoot you five more times. That's that's To me, that's different because th- that time in between the two, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The two barrage of bullets, right? That time you had you had a chance to think and then respond accordingly. If you see you shot five times and the guy's on the ground and he's not moving anymore and yet you still walk up and you shoot him five more times, you had time to assess the situation in between that. So that's different, right? That's different. But to just let off 11 shots and then completely stop and that be the end of it, I don't necessarily see a problem with that because, like I said, when you're in that situation and you feel like your life is on the line and it's my life or your life, I want to be able to use everything at my disposal. I had a conversation with somebody the other day and we were talking about something similar to like that and they were saying, well, you know, if somebody somebody did something or was trying to come in, like we were talking about like a mass shooting and being in a store or something like that and they were like, you know, I would just shoot them in the leg to stop them. And I'm like, I'm not, not at all. You know what I mean? And I'm not telling anybody that I know, my wife, my my family, you you aim in the torso and upper midsection and you aim to kill because that's what they're coming to do. And I have to assume that I can't assume that you're there just to just to wound me or wound my family or just, you know, not present you know a fatal threat. I can't think like that. That's going to that's going to deter me and I'm going to it's going to give me something to second guess my decisions. You coming in here, you're a threat to me. Like, it, let's for, for example, there's a mass shooter. He's coming in. He just starts opening fire. I'm not going to sit here and think, well, I don't want to kill him. He's not thinking that. Or she. They're not thinking that. They're thinking they're there to kill. So I'm going, I have to have that same mentality. You come in here. You try to start some problems. You start to kill. You start to hurt people. You start to threaten people's lives. Good night. That's how I feel about that. So, you know, to what the brother... Uh, KD was talking about yeah I agree if you're a civilian you're going to have a hard time defending against that however I don't I don't agree with that I don't I don't I think that I think that if you come in and threaten somebody give them what you got and neutralizing a threat especially a deadly threat means that the threat can no longer be a threat ever that's how I mean that's how I see it yeah there are due process, especially, you know, you know, for uh, officers, you know, law enforcement, and everything. But once you pose yourself as a threat to end people's lives. It's, you know, the, 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 uh, the gloves are off at that point. That's my opinion. Um, you look at we just talked about, you know, we just seen the other day, like Uvalde, they were talking about an officer had an opportunity to 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 kill him he had him in his, in his sight and he asked for permission and didn't get an answer and he didn't shoot yeah i understand because at the same time there's going to be a lot of scrutiny and you know your your job can be on the line but you're talking about lives of kids this guy was clearly going in there with the intent to kill a bunch of people you take that shot man like and you, and you deal with it later 
You know what I mean? You do the fighting in court. I, I would I would rather I would you know, it's like you some of you come into my house and you threaten me and my family, you know, and, and you're trying to kill them. Hey, I'm gonna do my fighting in court. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I don't I don't wanna bury any of my family members. I, I I'm not gonna go through that. Like I know how the legal system works. I've been through the legal system. I'm not afraid of it. I I'm I'll take my chances. For real. You know what I mean? I'll take my chances. So, you know, when I look at that and they say 90, 90 shots were fired, yeah, it, it, it's, it sounds like a lot. But when you really break it down, um, I don't, I don't, I'm, that doesn't really bother me too much. You know what I mean? You got to look at the situation here, right? And, and this is the, this is the, the heart of the argument. Um, so here, here's, here's the case. The cops, they, they pull him over for a traffic violation, right? And then he flees. Okay. So at that point, everything has been escalated, right? It's been, it went from traffic violation, possibly a ticket. And now it's it's been escalated. Like every time, like this is something you got to think about. And this is something people think about when they're in the streets and criminals and things like that. You have to think about the things that you're doing and what they encompass, what they encompass. Like the, the minute, you know, I had somebody a long time ago said, look, once you pull that trigger life sentence, no matter, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter if I'm, if I'm shooting in the air or if I'm shooting at somebody, you got to think that's a life sentence. Right. So, so every time I do something right and I escalate the situation, now you've taken it to a different level. So whereas before you're sitting here and, you, and okay, minor traffic violation. Okay, now I'm running. Okay, so not only is now the situation has been changed from traffic violation to resisting arrest, right? But you also have to think about other things. Reckless endangerment. You can possibly hit somebody and kill somebody. Life sentence, right? You also have to think about what's going through the officer's head, Right? So now they went from, okay, this is a routine traffic stop to possibly more. And if I'm in that mindset that you're supposed to have when you're out there in the streets, I'm thinking the worst thing. This guy is evading because he's on the run for murder. Um, He's got guns in the car. He's got drugs in the car. He's got all type of things that there's a reason why you're getting away. There's a reason why you don't want to simply just pull over and take your ticket. So regardless of how you feel and how you might see that situation, you might say, well, no, the cops pulled him over because he was black. Well, once you escalate the situation, now you've, you've put different, you've put them in a different mindset, right? So you take off and then you shoot at the cops. Now that they've said that it has been unconfirmed and when they say that it's been unconfirmed what they mean is there is like they haven't ran the ballistics on it yet to say that that the shell casing the you know you know the whatever it didn't match the gun the gun was found in the car so we know he, he had a gun at one point right there was a gun there was a magazine and there was a wedding ring that was found on the seat when he took off he was not armed when he got killed however you have to think how are the people that are pursuing them looking at it how are they looking at it 
they all they know is there was a muzzle flash and at the same time there was a sound consistent with a gunshot now you can't confirm we can't confirm that now because they haven't ran the ballistics but when you're out there in the field and it's really going down you don't have time to sit there and say well let's wait till the ballistics come in and then we'll determine whether he's armed and dangerous no your your common sense your own eyes and ears and your senses tell you that was a gunshot fired at you. If you've ever had a gunshot fired at you, you react. You don't you don't sit here and wait. Let's wait till the to to the to the uh, CSI team comes in and determines whether that was a gun. You don't have time because your life is on the line, right? That's what I'm talking about. These are split second decisions. These are decisions that have to be made like that. They are not sitting here being made. You know, in in a in a lab or in a classroom or anything like that, they're made out there in the field where live bullets are being are 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 being hurled your way. So, when he gets out and starts running, as the officer, you have to be thinking he's armed and he's willing to shoot at me, right? So, what did they do? They deployed the taser. Didn't stop him, right? They still chased him. Now, for all the people that say, well, they were just they, they, they were out to murder him, outright out to murder him. Then why did they deploy the taser? Why didn't they just murder him as he exited the vehicle? Why did they even give chase? It wasn't until he stopped abruptly. And according to the to the police verbatim, they said stopped and quickly turned towards the pursuing officers. Right. So. You stop quick. Here's the officer thinking he's armed. He's dangerous. He's willing to shoot me. I just tried to taser him. That didn't work. He's still running. He turns around real quick. He stops, turns around real quick. What do I think he's going to do? I can assume that he's trying to surrender. I can assume that. But if I assume wrong... And he's doing the thing that I think is a strong possibility because he just shot at me, then I'm dead. Right? I mean that's 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 the reality of the situation. So when I look at this, the first thing that comes to my mind, just like every time I see these 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 videos, right? Every time I see these situations. The first thing that I always ask myself is, what was the end game? Right? What was the end game? What were you trying to accomplish? The reason I ask these questions, right? Because I believe they need to be asked. Because, because these questions have to be posed to the person who hasn't been in this situation yet and might find themselves in this situation. You have to ask yourself, what are you trying to accomplish? Do you think you're going to get away? Right? Because the odds are, if you're in a, in, in a pursuit and the cops are already behind you, you're going to get caught. Right? Now, if he's smart, and I'm not trying to give anybody kind of ideas, but I would, I, would, I, would, I would be more willing to say that you actually had a plan. If, let's say, you pulled over, you waited till the cops get out of the car and start walking, then you took off because then now you have – some type of separation. The cops had to run back to their car, turn the car on, and then pursue you. You have some type of separation there. And if you can get away in that little window, you might be able to get out of there. But if that's not what you're doing, if you're just 
hey, they, they, they hit the lights. I'm going to keep going. Now I'm accelerating. Now I'm shooting at you. And now the now I'm going to get out of the car and run. I mean, the helicopter's already out. He's already called for backup. That's, that's, you already know, you have to know that those things are coming. Right? You have to know that. Like, this is the point of having these type of discussions because I want everybody else to hear that might find themselves in this situation. Before you do something, think about what the end game is and think about what you're trying to accomplish. But the problem is, 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 is that's not how people are reacting. People are reacting out of fear. They're reacting emotionally. They're not reacting, lo- they're not reacting in a logical manner. And why are they reacting emotionally? Why are they reacting out of fear? Because they've been fed the lies by these grifters, by these media pundits, by these people that benefit from having this type of narrative pushed on the people. That's it. So when I look at these, I say the, the, main, the main people we should be focusing our anger and aggression towards is the people that want to continue to push false narratives. When I look at when I look at certain of these media pundits, when I look at their at their timeline, they say Jalen Walker was killed simply for a traffic violation. Now that what that implies is that, hey, you ran a red light, cop pulled up, shot you in the head, dead. And that's not what happened. Right? That's not the truth. Right? So if you're telling that and you're saying that, and that's the narrative that you're putting out there, you're putting that out there because you have an agenda, because that's a lie. Right? What's a grifter? A grifter is somebody who who tells lies and forced narratives in order to compel people to give them money, give them power, give them resources and opportunities that they wouldn't get any other these people have no they have no desirable skills other than fomenting anger and emotionalism so here's somebody like Jalen walker 25 year old black man in the car cops get behind him now, anybody that, this is normal, right? This happened to me the other day. I'm driving down the street. Police car was behind me. I got over. I switched lanes because I had to turn. My turn was coming up. Cops got, they they got over well as well. They're still behind me. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, man, here we go, right? They're going to pull me over. So I, everybody to a certain, because nobody wants to get pulled over by the cops because, for for one, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to deal with the ticket. You know what I mean? If I did something wrong, I just you, you're trying to go home. There's a whole lot of things that you just you don't want to deal with. Obviously, like so, everybody to a certain extent. Once the cops get behind you and they're following you, you start to get a little nervous or whatnot. But if you're a person that has been listening to, you know, Joy Reid and the D.L. Hughleys and, um, you know. Corey Bush and the Shade Room and those type of outlets, you're, you're, what's going through your head is all those images and then constantly putting that inside your brain that you are going to be killed. So what happens? Breathing starts going, getting, you know, heart rate goes up, you start getting shaking. You start sweating, you start getting nervous, 
And the same goes for the other side, too, because if you're a cop, let's say you're a white cop, you're pulling over a black guy, right? You start thinking, here we go. I'm going to lose my job. If he does, I hope he complies. I hope everything goes smooth. If not, I'm going to end up on the front page of every newspaper in the country. I'm going to be a villain. I'm going to be racist. I'm going to be all these different things. Now you're nervous. And now he's making moves. Now he's acting funny. Now he's acting fidgety. Because everybody is reacting to a narrative that has been forced on the American people and especially on communities of color. And that fear has you reacting. That fear takes over your brain. And now we've replaced fe- we replaced logical thinking with fear and emotionalism. Because that's the only way to explain a lot of these actions. I said something. Why when I started talking? What is your end game? If you don't know your end game in every situation in your life, you are lost. You're lost. Straight up, anybody will tell you that. If you're just doing things just to do it, and there's no end game involved, there's no logical end game involved, what are you doing it for? You're just reacting out of fear. I see this happen all the time. People get mad, and then they get mad, and then they react violently, and then they end up in, end up in jail. We have, a, we have a saying, and, and this is something that I go by. Don't make, don't make permanent decisions for temporary problems. Right? My boss got mad at me today, um, so I'm going to stab him. <laughs> now I'm sitting in jail. Fighting an attempt to murder, a life sentence possibly coming my way. He got mad at me. I could have brushed it off. I could have addressed it. I could have quit. I could have done a whole lot of different things. But I decided to make a permanent decision for a temporary problem. Right? One thing you got to realize about the media and about these grifters, and I say they're grifters because they're pushing false narratives in order to compel people to give them money. Right. One thing about them is you got to understand, since George Floyd died, since the George Floyd killing back in uh, 2020, there have been over 2000 incidents where the police have killed somebody. 2000. How come we didn't hear about that? Because the media picks and chooses when it's convenient. They tell you what they want to tell you so they can shape your perception of reality. If there was a hundred white people that got killed by the cops and a hundred black people that got killed by the cops and the media decided to only show you 50 of the black people got killed by the cops and one of the white people killed by the cops, your perception would be that the cops are killing black people more than white people. Now, I'm not going to get into the statistics on that and, and what the numbers look like. I'm just trying to show you the power that the media has and the power that they that they wield because they really do. They pick and choose what they want to show. Like, for example, George Floyd was tragic, but so was Tony Timpa, and he died the exact same way. Foot on, you know, knee on the back of on his neck, suffocation. He was resisting arrest. The cop had his knee on the back of his neck, and he died. The difference between those two is that Tony Tempa was white and George Floyd was black. You can't exploit Tony Tempa's death. Tony Tempa's death does not get you donations. It does not get you 
three mansions so that you can go heal. There is no organization out there that's raising money for people like Tony Tempa. And now I'm not saying that 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 you know there's not an issue when it comes to the police and um, you know race or whatnot. But what I'm saying is that the media can pick and choose and amplify whatever it wants, and it does that. It does exactly that, and it chooses to feed certain marginalized groups, quote unquote marginalized groups, fear. Because people that are constantly afraid, people that are constantly on edge, people that constantly think that everybody is against them are easy to control. Because when you are afraid, when you are fearful, then you look for somebody for help. What do we see this whole thing leads to? This whole thing leads to more power by the state. This is what constantly comes up and constantly happens and we constantly talk about it on this show and we're going to keep talking about it because that's the main issue. What goes on is the state wants power and they want to take it from the people. And they do that through these narratives. Right? I talked about this a long time ago. You can go check out one of my earliest episodes. Uh, I believe it was Defund the Police or is it Black Lives That Matter? But anyways, it's one of my first two episodes and I talked about the whole reasoning behind the defund the police movement, right? When Marxists are behind all this, and Marxists have one agenda, and that is redistribution of wealth. In order to redistribu redistribute the wealth, you have to have control of the wealth. What is controlling the wealth? Controlling tax dollars. Police departments in major metropolitan areas take up 40% of the city budget, 40% of the tax dollars are going to one entity. If I'm a Marxist and I want to redistribute that, and I redistribute that so that I can invest in other things, which means control and ownership, right? If I want to invest in other things and redistribute the wealth and control the wealth, which is really what it is, right? Then I need to get that from those entities. And how do I do that? I create a narrative that the public will say, hey, those people don't deserve to have all that money. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that the cops should have 40% of the, of the city budget. But what I'm saying is that these people with agendas, these people with power agendas, right, this is what they're after. So they create these narratives and they, and they get grifters like a Colin Kaepernick to sit here and, 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 and talk about things like this or a LeBron James to say that, you know, all these both of them, see here's the thing when it comes to like these hollywood elites and athletes and you know media pundits and stuff like that they don't live that kind of life right lebron james gets pulled over by the cops tomorrow i guarantee you guarantee you that the cop is not writing him a ticket in fact he's saying hey lebron can you sign this for my son can you take a picture so i can bring it home to my kids and show them i met lebron james today trust me bro Trust me. I've been in situations. I'm, I'm, I'm not LeBron James, and this was a long time ago when I was, you know, we were doing bad stuff out here. I've had cops let us go when we were when we would deserve to go to jail. So you think somebody like LeBron James, the cops know he he's not a gang member, drug dealer. He's a basketball player. He's an international superstar. They're getting autographs from him. He doesn't deal with stuff like that. Colin Kaepernick ain't dealing with. Colin Kaepernick doesn't even live in the areas where there's high crime, where there's a high police presence. Theo Hughley doesn't live in, he doesn't live in the hood. He lives in Calabasas. Where there's armed security, gated communities, 
these people are so far detached, but they have an interest in 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 pushing these narratives because it I, I keep saying it because it pleases the people that signs their check. There is an agenda going on to restructure society, and these people want to have their place at the top. So they employ they employ these puppets to sit out here and continuously tell this same narrative because they could care less about people dying. They could. They could care less. They don't care about they don't care about people dying. What they care about is their agenda. I mean that I mean that that's what's going on here. So we just calling it out. And the thing is is that is that the more we listen to these more we listen to these false narratives, while we listen to these people peddle this fear porn, because that's what it is. It's fear porn over and over and over again that you see on your timeline of people telling you that you should be afraid, you should be afraid, you should be afraid of the police. Here's the thing, man. Listen, I did 15 years around cops. I know how to get over on cops. I know the game to play with these cops. I know the games that they play. I know how to study them. I know what they're into. I know what they want to do. I understood something... Just like all prisoners understood something, right? The cop, you're here for eight hours a day. At the end of the day, you turn in your badge, you turn in your gun, and you go home, and you live a completely different life. I don't. Same thing for the gang members out there in the streets and the drug dealers. This is 24-7. This is a lifestyle. Being a cop is something you do on your shift. And then you go home, and you live in a different area that's far away removed from the place that you patrol, and you want to go home to your family. That gives you an advantage. A person like me that's sitting in the penitentiary, that gives me an advantage. A person that's a criminal out there on the streets, that gives them an advantage. Because I know that there are ways that there are there are things that I'm willing to do that you're not. I also know that you have to play by certain rules that I don't have to play by. That gives me an advantage. But I also understand that the type of people that you deal with on a daily basis... I have to deal, I, if I'm in, look, I've been around guys that were cutthroat, that would get over on you, that would stab you in the back, to do all type of stuff. People that I wouldn't want around my own family. Right? And these are the cops who have to deal with every single day. And they have to deal with people at that level. They can't take you and say, well, this is a guy that's not doing, that's, that's not going to be like that. Because to, to err on that side, on that assumption, could be life-threatening. So I understand that. So when I would deal with cops, I would always remove the threat. I ain't here to threaten you. We just here to talk and have a conversation and negotiate something. I'm not scared of you. I'll never be scared of you. I had I had a back and forth with somebody on Twitter who was saying that, you know, the reason the reason why Jalen Walker ran is because the reason why we all run. We don't know how this situation is going to end. We we're scared of them. Now, that, that baffles me because I wasn't raised like that. I wasn't raised to be afraid of no man. I don't care what you got. I don't care if you got a badge, you got a gun. I'm not afraid of you. You can bleed. You bleed just like me. You breathe the same air as me. Quote a little biggie there. If you know, you know. Right? And, and I would guarantee, if you went to the penitentiary right now, Right. You went to the penitentiary and you took a poll and you said, how many of you are afraid of the police? You know what's going to be the you know, I can I tell you right now what the response is. One hundred percent are going to say no. Scared. What is scared of the police? What are you talking about? If I enter a situation and I'm afraid, you're going to sense it. It's going to show it's going to come out. 
You're going to see it. I'm going to act nervous. I'm going to act on edge. That's going to put you in a different mindset. I want to control the situation. I want to get you to I want to get you thinking the way I want you to think so that I can get what I'm trying to get out of it. And if that's just to go home, then so be it. If it's to me to be able to continue doing my illegal activities, then so be it. You know what I mean? Like that I want to I want to disarm you mentally. But what we do is we arm them mentally. We put them on edge. We put them on on See, there's a lot of things that we can change with the cops, right? That I think needs to be changed and I think there's a conversation that we need to have. But a lot of those things we can't control. I can control me when I'm getting pulled over, when I'm dealing with the with the officers. Right? When I used to when like when I was on parole, when I was on parole, every time I saw my parole officer or every time I got a new parole officer, I would show up in work boots and work clothes, whether I was working or not. I might not even work that day. But the reason I did that is because I wanted him to, to when he thought of me, he thought of me working. And then he says, I don't have to worry about him. He's working. Now, I could be selling a whole bunch of drugs on the side and doing a whole bunch of illegal stuff on the side, but I'm playing the game here. We don't play. We 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 let them dictate when the power is in your hands. Watch these videos. I've literally seen videos where an officer approaches somebody and they first thing they do is start screaming. I ain't doing nothing. Ah, what do you think? What kind of mindset do you think you're putting that cop in at that point? You think he's going to go, oh, wait, hey, wait, he screamed, said he didn't do nothing. So let's walk away. Leave him alone. No, of course not. That's going to only heighten his that's only going to heighten his awareness. I don't want you to be aware. I want you to leave me alone. I want you to go be aware of somebody else. We don't don't we don't know how to disarm people mentally. We don't understand that we have the power in those situations. Watch the watch watch every one of these. Watch them. And I can show you in every single one of the instances I'll look at it and be like that's where he gave his power away. He was in control of the situation. If I act crazy around the cops, then the cops are going to respond accordingly. I don't want you to respond accordingly, even if you have reason to. We always used to say, we always say in prison, you say, always act as if you're dirty. Dirty being you have drugs on you, you have knives on you and all these different things. Because when you do, you don't switch up your program. If I come in every day and I see the cop and I know he's a Raider fan and I talk to him about the Raider game or what do you think the Raiders doing today, this and this and that, and the day I come in because I got a bunch of knives on me and I don't say nothing to him, he's going to notice that. So I always operate a certain way. I always operate a way that demands respect and gives respect at the same time. This is like the art of war, man. Know yourself, know your enemies, a thousand battles, a thousand victories. But if we don't know ourselves, if, we, if, if the image of ourselves is coming from Joy Reid, who tells you you just have to be scared, grown man afraid of other grown men, then you're going to operate, you're going to act accordingly. And then they're going to act accordingly. And then it's going to escalate and snowball from there and somebody's going to end up dead. You can control this stuff, man.
You can control this stuff. This is this is not this is not to um disparage Jalen Walker, especially since he's no longer here, but it's it's to help people learn from these situations. The cop is just like you, man. He wants to go home. If we had incidents where cops were just driving around and just killing people indiscriminately for absolutely nothing, like they try to make it seem, like they try to paint the picture of it was for a traffic violation, then I can understand that. But that's not what happens. Let's tell the truth here. I don't need you to donate to my campaign. I don't need you to donate to my organization. I don't need you to donate to one of my three mansions. I just want to tell the truth so you don't get killed. I know how to survive. I did it for a very long time. I'm still doing it. And I know a lot of people that are doing it and still done it and continue to do it. And every single one of the people you ask me, you ask them, hey, are, are you afraid of the cops? They're going to tell you no. They're going to look at you like you cra- like scared of who? Him? Psh. Come on, bro. Come on, man. These people are grifters. They don't live that life. The police protect them. These media talking heads, these 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 these, you know, activists. Trust me, when they're in a bind, they know who to call. They call the police. These are the, these are the same. Mind you, this. Let, let me show you just the contradiction in them, right? These are the same people that are discour- that are encouraging, um, disarming the population. Me and you, right? And if they disarm the population by by in you know limiting what you can, what kind of guns you can have. These are people that want guns completely gone from the citizenry, citizenry, right? Who's going to have guns? Me and you? Or LAPD, NYPD, Chicago PD? You think they're giving up their guns? Has any of them, has, have you ever heard Joy Reid say, hey, we need to disarm the Chicago Police Department? Have you heard that? I haven't. Have you heard Beto? Beto O'Rourke? Say, hey, it's time to disarm the military. Why do we have to give up our guns? And yet you tell me that the police are the problem. That the police are out here murdering people. I ain't never heard you say to disarm them. Because that's who they call. That's who does their security. Off-duty officers. They're lying to you. I don't know how many times I have to say it. They are lying to you. They want a well-armed police department and they want a disarmed citizenry. Because their objective isn't isn't to get rid of police or defund the police. That, that, that's not their, their objective is power to the state and the corporatocracy. That's their objective. Don't 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 fall for it. Just look at it. Why do you want to limit 
the the average American's right to bear arms, but you ain't saying nothing about the cops. But you'll sit here and say that the cops are murdering, the cops are racist, but the cops are going to be the only ones with guns. Makes no sense. I've never heard Sun Tzu or Von Clausewitz say, thou shalt disarm thyself and arm thy enemy. That's how you, a thousand battles, a thousand victories. Never. You're an idiot if you think that's going to happen. But that's what they push. Think about it. The same people that are telling you that the cops are racist want them to have guns and you not to. What sense does that make? You've got to be crazy. That's what we're dealing with. These people create these scenarios. They constantly feed you this nonsense that you have to be afraid, that you have to be scared, and then you internalize that, and when you find yourself in that situation, you manifest it. They make me sick. They really do. That's why these situations make me so upset, and then people will say, I, I had, oh, if, if you're just so happy that he died and you want to throw a party, no one's stopping you. Come on, man. I'm livid that he died. I'm livid that people are listening to these liars, these bootlickers, these grifters, that all they want to do is get money and they want to empower the state and they want to empower the corporatocracy that the state provides protection to. And you're listening to them and people are dying. I believe in power to the people, not the state. Got me riled up now. And it's hot. I'm taking another shower because I'm sweating because it's hot. And I'm upset because I'm seeing people die that don't need to be dying because they listen to liars. It's crazy. Emotional. I don't even get started on the family aspect on how we've We've removed masculinity and we've removed logic from, from our upbringing to where you have people that are now only being raised from one side of the spectrum, which is emotionalism. That's a whole nother topic. I'll get on that probably some other time. But, man, I hate seeing this stuff, man. And, I, and, and, and it bothers me because people give up their power and they don't realize we we it's like we don't realize how much power we actually have we got it man like the power is with us it's not with these it's not with these weirdos man it's not with the cops it's not with the state it's not with the media it's with us once we realize that and we understand the potential that we have we won't see incidents like this matter of fact everybody will act different when there's mutual respect when people carry themselves in a respectful manner and they can think logically and they can think through their situations and they don't have to sit here and be emotional about everything, things will change. But until then, we're going to see more like this if you keep listening to these liars and these grifters and people that all they want to do is fund their three mansions so they can go, quote unquote, heal. That's all I got for today, man. Appreciate you guys checking in. Like I said... Subscribe, like, share. Get this out to as many people as possible. I think this message is, is important and it needs to get out there. So please help me get it out there. I think it will save lives. More so than anything else, this will save lives. If, if you don't, you know, 
you can go ahead and believe these 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 people if you want to. But you tell me what happens when you're in that situation and you want to act the way they want you to act. You tell me what happens. And then I'm I'm going to do what I'm going to do and I'm going to do the people that I be around that know how to think, that are in control of their emotions and control of of their actions and have discipline. And we'll see who ends up better. It's ridiculous. Man, it's crazy. But that's it. That's all I got for today. My name is Che. This is No Spoon Podcast.